Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Another great weekend in the NFL capped by a comeback for the ages. What? From the reigning MVP. <coughs> Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN2, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. All right, Key J, Key, I'll start What's with up? you. Well, man, what a, what a weekend, morning. Max. Oh, man. What, uh, Primetime games are too good, man. Got to so, sleep at co- some point. College football, though, we start with that. Well, that what's your weekend, too? What's your Clemson, biggest? don't do it to me, Key. We were already texting. Well, we were already, I was already texting because when Key said that the ACC is bound to have a down year, you know me. I tried to fight it. And then just, it's, it's was, been. It's been it looked bad from the beginning of the season. Yeah, it wasn't. I was like, eh. I just. North Carolina, too. Shocking to people's system to see Clemson kind of just look like that. But their offense has been bad for the last couple of years for the most part. They haven't re- really been that, that fire. And then Alabama's Alabama, and then we can go out west to USC. I mean, like, seriously. <laughs> but that's the point. Alabama's Alabama. Uh, no, no. Alabama's <laughs> been Alabama. Not- looked like Clemson was Alabama for a minute. Yeah, then you then you look and you move into – you know, for those like you and Jay that like golf, we got the Ryder Cup. <laughs> and then now we move into the National Football League and then obviously the games yesterday. Can I say that the fights this weekend Kansas too. City Chiefs are in last place in the AFC West? Yeah. Wow. Like when, when's, the last time we, when's the last time we've said that? Yeah. It's been a minute. It's Kansas City, Buffalo's rising. So much for New England. So much for, for the Raiders not being the team. They just continue to keep – Pounding away, Cleveland answered a lot of questions. Then obviously the Rams and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tennessee, Vikings. Seattle loses. Vikings, we call the Vikings that one Max. Win. Chicago. Huh. 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 So and what's the biggest? Ta- By the way, Yankees swept the Red Sox. Let's get that in there. What's the biggest takeaway from this weekend for you? The biggest would probably be. Outside of the way Chicago looks, it would probably be just how the Rams, the Rams are just, the Rams might be the team in the National Football League right now. Just overall, the, from, from Cooper Cup to Robert Woods to Matthew Stafford to clear, I don't even, people should just quit when they got to block Aaron Donald. Just quit. Tell him y'all going to give him some extra money to just stand there because he's, he's so disruptive. Uh, so you look at that. That's that's my biggest takeaway: is the Rams might be the team of choice in the NFL right now. I, you know, I, and it's not recency bias. It's just looking at that dude at quarterback. It just they're just different. They're a different team. That's so funny. You say recency bias. I was about to literally say those words, but about Aaron Rodgers, recency bias. What's last in your mind is, oh my God, Aaron Rodgers. Even. Belichick in the post Brady era. That loss is a bad loss. You know, that's a kind of game you. He normally won. Now they lost. There are lots of storylines. But, Jay, I agree with Key. The Rams, Rams, they look like they did several years ago when they went to the Super Bowl early on, but they have a better quarterback. Yeah, I'll I'll give you one that's kind of parallel to the Rams and the Bucs conversation is Kansas City has a big turnover issue, man. They've just been dropping the ball left and right, and their defense looks suspect. Crazy for a team that's been to -to back-to-back Super Bowls and – you would think has a chance to go to a third. Well, you know what? They, their, their defense certainly wasn't the strong suit. They, you know, Mike Williams down the stretch, 
Justin Herbert, Mike Williams found, you know, Mike Hughes a couple times and they went after him, targeted him. You got a big receiver on the smaller corner. So they figured we're going to high point the ball. We're going to use the body. So they got smart in that phase of the game. And look, Kansas City not going anywhere. They'll be around. Um, I don't just, and I told James, one of our producers a while ago, because he's a huge Kansas City fan, I said, don't be surprised if Kansas City don't win the division. I said this is on record. I said it right on our show. But you know how it goes. You know, beginning of the year, people were saying Kansas City has a chance to go undefeated. You know, that, that same kind of muster of conversations that we had off coming last year. Um, it, it just It's one of those things that kind of shocks you when you actually see it. Kansas, but, City, Kansas City's defense usually starts slow yeah, and then comes along up. as the season goes on. And somebody else who starts slow is Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers didn't start slow yesterday against San Francisco. Mm-mm. That's for damn sure. So Mm-mm. I think a lot of people could relax, as he would say, on worrying about week one, clearly the last two weeks, we see what they are. 37 seconds left on the clock. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you could leave any less. If you left any less time on the clock with no timeouts, he probably could have done the same thing to you. It's insane. I mean, like, and you got to. But I knew it was going to be that way when he left the 37 seconds. And, and there were five, he's five and six lifetime going into San Francisco. Oh, he has a hard time playing there and this and that. And they score. And then San Francisco scores after the Packers had their way early. And you're right. You see 37. It's like earlier in the season. They left how much time for Tom Brady? And that was over 20, a minute. A minute 24. Mm-hmm. 37 seconds for Aaron Rodgers on the road against a really good team. It's too much. And he only targeted Devontae Adams. Well, because, <laughs> I mean, he, because, you know, in that situation, the prevent defense, two-minute defense, when you know your two-minute offense and you just clicking, you know there's gaping cavities in the middle of the field. You got a dependable receiver that's going to catch the ball, mm-hmm. smart enough to know when to get down, clock, 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 let's go, get down, field goal attempt, everybody's ready to go. This is a routine. This is situational football. It clearly they practice situational football in Green Bay because they knew exactly what was happening. Aaron Rodgers said that he was calling all the plays. And whenever you are a quarterback and you're in command like that, it's much easier than waiting for a coach to make a decision for you. Who were the people? Were there any actual people, or is this just a straw man? After week one, when he had that bad game, oh, Aaron Rod- was every did everyone realize he only had the seven padded practices and all that? Or were there actually people out there questioning Aaron Rodgers after week one? I think I think it was people out there questioning Aaron Rodgers after week one. I don't know who those people are. Yeah, but. right. I, we, I, I haven't actually heard them. Yeah. It's, let's listen uh, to Aaron Rodgers after the game. I do the two-minute, and I like to adjust some routes from time to time to get a look at what it feels like against our defense. So I just adjusted one of the routes. We, we all liked it, and Maddie suggested it. Right before the last, uh, you know, right before we went out there, he said, "What do you think about uh, this play?" I was like, "Yeah, I like that. That's, I think that'd be that'd be pretty good." So did you call all the plays there? You called all the plays there on the I did. Matt suggested the first one, and I called the rest. That's straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Yeah, mo- most quarterbacks in two-minute situations have the leeway to call the plays because it's easier. You you know what. You know, you got about, I don't know what they got. They probably got 10, 10 plays that, depending on where the ball falls, which hash the ball falls on, they'll line up in certain situations and he'll give, you know, he'll look down and he'll give up the finger or two or he'll bark it out and everybody knows. Depending on, you know, Devontae Adams might be on the left side one play one time and it's hard for him the next play to get all the way on the right side. Aaron will just flip it 
or or called a play design for Adams on that particular side, tag him, tell him to run this, the other guys will run that, and they just playing basically backyard football and know what to do with it. Well, think about their next four games, too. So they have the Steelers coming home. I mean, Big Ben is a shell of himself. We'll get into that conversation later. Then you got at the Bengals. Bengals got a win yesterday. Good for them. Uh, at Bears and Washington. Like, oh, you know, they cool. Yeah, they they, yeah, they might not lose they, another game straight. for a minute. Their next game is the next really big game is not until October 28th not in only Arizona. Will, will, will Aaron Rodgers call the plays, but boy, he'll put the ball where you need it. It's one thing to like the execution. It's pretty boy coming out of his hand. Yeah, uh, he, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have, in all honesty, he shouldn't have won that game. San Francisco should have won the game. But you left me 37 seconds with no timeouts, and I went. To, I got my team in field goal position to, for Crosby to kick it. We're asking at Key J M Max on Twitter, what's the biggest surprise of week three and why? Be a part of KJM Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed or call in line 888-SAY-ESPN-729-3776. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In case you didn't see it, Justin Fields sacked nine times in his first NFL start. It's just kind of the opposite of the way Kanye makes you feel for Chicago Good Morning, you know? It's a bad morning, actually. Keyshawn J. Willemax, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Oh, Bears had 47 big yards of offense. <laughs> 47 yards. I mean, if you think about it in feet, though, it's almost 150, right? Almost 150 feet of offense. Here's Bears head coach Matt Nagy. Taking all the blame. Simple fact of the matter is, is that uh, the way these games go like this, there's the anticipation of the way things go. And I obviously, as a head coach, did not do a good enough job of uh, getting this offense ready to go to be able to play and win a football game. So uh, it starts with me. It ends with me. And uh, it's as simple as that. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Keith, poor, before I lose it. No, poor execution of a game plan, clearly. I mean, when you look at the way they utilize Justin Fields, it 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 almost feels like to me that Matt Nagy simply just doesn't know what he's doing. But then you go back and you say, well, he did go to the playoffs. He, you know, he won the playoffs twice, so he's got to know a little something. But, I mean, does he know enough to be considered this offensive expert that everybody pegged him to be because he left Andy Reid and went to Chicago and he was supposed to be like this quarterback fixer dude. Mm. Well, realistically, Andy Reid was the guy coaching Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. So it's almost like Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson got hired, went to a Super Bowl and won, but it was just, was that just like, I don't know, just the Reich the and Di Filippo and these guys? No, was it just luck? Was it just like just happened to hit at that moment and at that time? Because then he became this horrible coach. But it, I, but here's the question. You know? Like, if you know, Jay, like any anyone walking down the street goes, why doesn't he move the pocket or move the quarterback outside saying. the pocket? Like so, simple stuff. That's what I'm saying. So is he really the guy, Matt Nagy, the guy who can identify what a quarterback is and how to utilize the talent? But he, but it doesn't seem like you've now had two quarterbacks here that are high first-round picks. I don't give a damn what nobody says about Mitch Trubisky. I don't care. You didn't seem to get anything out of him. And now you got Justin Fields that you don't seem to understand you were getting ready to go up against arguably one of the best defensive fronts in the National Football League that have two number one oh first first pick number one overalls, starting with Clowney, and then you got Garrett on the other side. Then you got Tack uh Tack McKinley, another first round pick, and then you got the other two guys that essentially are first round picks, even though they win the second round, they could have easily gone in the first round. You're going up against five number one picks on the defensive front, but you yet don't want to move the pocket. The only time you move the pocket is when he decides to run out of it because he's being chased. And, Jay, he got a bad offensive line on top of it. Sometimes as an athlete, as teammates, when you come back into that locker room, everybody looks at each other, and your head coach addresses the team, and everybody goes, you're not it, man. You're just not it. Like it, it, it's, it feels like it's time for the Bears just to recognize sometimes when somebody tells you who they are, that's who they are. And we watched it last year with the quarterback duel between Trubisky and how Foles handled it. We're watching it again this year with Dalton and Fields. And Key, just add on to your point about not moving him around in the pocket. It just feels like he should be let go. It's time to move forward. Look, and, and this one thing is embarrassing for it, but Justin Tucker's game-winning kick versus the Lions traveled more yards in three seconds than the Bears gained over 60 minutes of football. All right, think about this. Well, lots of kicks, too. 47, he, didn't even, he didn't even get 50 yards of offense. 47 net yards, 1411 on third down, 1.1 yards, average gain, one passing yard, nine sacks allowed. That's see, embarrassing, Keith. That's, that's what that's I'm saying. That's embarrassing. Though. But that's what I'm saying, Max. Nine like, times. How could this be? I, I've never heard Sean McVay, Andy Reid, Sean Payton, uh, Anthony Lynn, Todd Haley, all none of these offensive brain trust call who calls plays. I ain't never heard of they 
offensive statistics look that bad ever. What's so interesting to me about this is a lot of times already doing the show just last bunch of weeks, I'll see something and I'll be like, oh my God. And then you come in and you ask Key about it and Key will kind of downplay it. Like nothing to see here, right? Like, not this listen, one. listen from the outside, is it, but there must be. So when I see a head coach not move the pocket behind a terrible offensive line and what Key said was that defensive front, I think to myself, everyone, even people who know nothing about football know this. How can the coach not know that? Key, there must be, you're going to give me some elaborate reason why you can't blame the coach, but you're not saying that. You're saying, no, it's just incompetence, it sounds well, like. Well, you asked me that off, you know, when we were here early in the morning. I said, it's him. It's the coach. It's not, it has nothing to do with the offensive line. Has nothing, it has something to do with your damn scheme. Like, it, it, but again, how could it be that la- How could because, it be that lacking? Let me, tell, let me tell you something, man. In the National Football League, these dudes get hired that don't do nothing. And they become head coaches or coordinators. And they become they get exposed. When you're around guys like Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, they, the first thing that they say is, well, he's calling all the plays or he's doing – he really isn't. He never was the quarterback coach. He wasn't he, – yeah, he might have had the title – but the guy's being coached by Andy damn Reed. And then what happens is, is you're not calling the plays. You're calling a player too. Because Andy Reid. Then you get the moniker of play caller. Then you get the yeah. moniker of play caller. It works for some people, not for all. Where Eric Bieniemy is actually calling the plays. Been calling them for a couple years now. So it's a little bit different. And you go out and you're thinking you're getting Andy Reid. You're not getting it Big Red. Big Red's still in Kansas City. You getting a dude that just stand there next to him, and he's a great play caller. I was watching Justin Fields really try to play with the same play calling that they have for Andy Dalton. Like that's what you were watching. It was the same kind of offensive. Hundred percent, but it same just seems scheme. insane. Well, it, that's well, things have been insane with the way he's handled the media, with the way he's handled play calling. I've been talking about scheme for the past two weeks. Look, if I'm the Bears, I'm on the phone with a guy like Brian Dable. I'm on the phone with a guy like Joe Braden. What? Fired a dude already, man. What? I'm making calls. Well, wouldn't you, Key, I'm at this making point? calls. Hold no. On. I'm Hold looking on. at Eric Bieniemy. I'm looking you, at Joe Brady offensively. I'm firing him in week three. Okay. It's just hard. Like, so what rises to the level of saying this guy can't you don't, keep his you job don't, anymore? You don't, you don't come into a season just leaving training camp ready to fire a coach in three games. Now, when we get to week 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. You know, we get start. the draft pick, get the draft position yeah, first, not, and then fire the coach. You're not about to just fire the dude in week three. This I is wasn't saying that you're going to actually get football. another coach. What I'm saying is you start paying attention to who you want well, that to be was, your that next was, coach. That was last year. We already been doing that. <laughs> We've been doing oh, that. Oh, yeah, we was doing that last year. Before Jay, we came into this year, we were already doing that. Jay mentioned the Bears' 47 yards of total offense. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. How about this? Forget the kickers because lots of guys kick for more than 47 yards. Went 42 yards. On their final drive in 37 seconds. That's almost the entire offense for the Bears. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. A busy mm, slate mm, of action. Mm, You're right. Mm, Keyshawn, mm, Jay, Will, and Max. Mm, There's only one way to get you caught up mm, on mm. all of it. Time for the no huddle. We start with two teams in the NFC West. It's 3-0. The Arizona Cardinals trade, trailed late and came back to beat the Jags. Here's Kyler Murray and why it was a good win despite their struggles early on. I've been here, you know, two, three years now. And, you know, last two years we would have lost that game for sure. And, you know, to see us fight through that, come on the road, obviously – any given Sunday, you know, not looking at anybody's record, you can be beat anybody in any given Sunday by anybody. So, um, you know, it's it's good to get a win any way you can, and uh, that's what we came out here and did. Key, I, I think when you look at it, you listen to Kyler Murray right there. You also got to understand who the Jacksonville Jaguars are and who the Arizona Cardinals are. The Arizona Cardinals are a team, much like Kyler said, that a year ago they would have lost that football game. They're clearly getting better, much like I said about the Raiders. Sometimes in a year or two. When you play football, there's something that just turns on and goes right for you, no matter what the situations are. Arizona has that on their side right now. With the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're a sorry football team. Sorry football teams lose games. Yeah, the, the 68-yard field goal attempt was interesting move by Cliff Kingsbury. They returned that, obviously, for Agnew for a touchdown. But I, I give this Cardinals team a lot of credit. Last year, they would have found a way to lose that game. Like I said, this team – Losing record two years ago, 8-8 eight and eight last year. They've showed continuous improvement. And Kyler Murray's in the MVP conversation, hands down. Yeah, I would just remind everyone, they were winning last year until he hurt his shoulder. Then they stopped running him, so he's not throwing it the same, he's not running the same, and they didn't win as much. But, like, now he's healthy and they're winning. You know, knock wood that he remains healthy. It was a conversation throughout – Kyler Murray, that is. The conversation throughout last week is Big Ben done, Right. The future Hall of Famer did not do much to quiet the critics on Sunday in the Steelers' loss to the Bengals. Roethlisberger um, says you can blame him, but don't blame the guys protecting him. Listen. Yeah, there were coverage sacks today. There was I – mean, you drop back and throw it 50 sometimes. I don't know how many we threw it tied today. Those are going to happen. I thought the guys put forth some good effort today. It's not easy when you're blocking the group that, that put a lot of money to their D-line. Uh, we knew coming in that that's a good group. And, um, you know, it's not on the guys up front by any means. I, I could clearly understand how he doesn't want to blame his offensive line for the problems that's there. It's a mix. Of, it's a mix, right? Got a little bit of offensive line. 
You got a little bit of coverage sacks because the receivers can't get open. They're not explosive enough to separate. And then on the other hand, a little bit of other criticism is Big Ben. Big Ben's old, man. Like, like it, it, you could see it. It's one of those deals, and you've been in boxing, Max, where he's like, he should stop boxing. He just should stop because he's not going to win anymore. I think Ben is there in his career. We should just stop. He should just be like, I can't. Now, middle of the season? I can't do it right now. Like, I so, just can't. So then what, what's the succession plan? Like, where do you go from here if you're Mike Tomlin? You got to turn to one of those Mason Rudolph, three guys Haskins. You got to try around. Haskins. I mean, you, gotta, you already yeah, seen somebody. Rudolph. Yeah, Rudolph Haskins. There's a Joshua Dobbs somewhere in the world for you. There's a Jared Stenema in New England. Something. Find somebody. There's <laughs> a Cam find... Newton available. Just find yeah. somebody because I think we've seen the best of Big Ben and it's time to move on. This uh, is why Cam, this is why everyone's like, Cam should be with the Steelers. Yes. Back when? Like three weeks ago. Because by now he'd know some more and he'd be able to – it's maybe late unless in the you game. just want to give him a farewell tour right now and say, "Hey, it's you know." The way he's getting hit though and laid out, Oof. he won't make it to the tour. <laughs> Real quick note: Remember when people used to talk about Jamar Chase having drop issues? Okay. Yeah, yeah, not okay. Just two hundred twenty no. yards in four games, four TDs. Joe just Burrow and Jamar Chase are giving the league games, some issues. Um, from one struggling veteran quarterback to a struggling rookie in New England, here's Bill Belichick meeting with the media after the game. Bill, what did you see on uh, Max uh, interceptions? Um, yeah, well, probably the same thing you saw. <laughs> Bill, funny. <laughs> it's like I'm all but ten what minutes. What's he thinking say, about when he, he like when he goes? Um, um, he's thinking about how to answer the question no, without giving an answer. No, he's just like. I I am obligated to be up here, and I just lost the game, and I'm obligated to be up here. So I'm going to just stand here, and I'm, my time will eventually go by, and I'll get rid That's of That's why he's saying, um? Yeah, he's just like, he's going to say something. That's just, you he's know. P- but he's p- my point is, he got a little, like, almost like a Rolodex or something of answers where he's going through in his mind, um, which one well, am I going to give this well, dude? Um, yeah, well, he's Evan, not going to give him Evan anything. Evan actually jumped in my air and said, because he's actually watching the tape of it, and he says he was actually looking for the person who asked the question? Mm. I see. So yeah, that, Bill, that, Bill. Yeah, Bill. But I still don't know why he needed to know who asked the question if that was going to be his answer. <laughs> well, he's not giving you anything. And I think mm. when you talk about a struggling Mac Jones in this situation, Mac Jones is young. This has always been the recipe for the success, or at least the the successful plan that the New England Patriots are trying to put in play. I, everyone got excited that Mac Jones be named, was named the starter, as if they were getting Tom Brady in year. 12. No, no, you're not. You're getting a rookie quarterback in a conservative situation because they don't trust that they could drop him back 40 plus times and let it all be on his shoulders and his arms. He's young. So this is what you're going to get. You're going to get a pedestrian quarterback. So I, I would caution everybody that are New England Patriot fans, Mac Jones fans, just chill. I mean, this is who you're going to see for the next couple of years. Just funny, you hear that advice, and then you start thinking about guys like Zach Wilson. People are like, oh, get him out of here. He's throwing picks. He's done. It's just, it's and he's all, in a much worse situation much than Mac Jones. Wor- exactly. Mac Jones is going to win 10 games this year. I'll be something. He's one he and two. The he's system, one and two now. The system he has around him and the head coach he has makes a difference. No that's doubt. And that's why I thought, actually, this was kind of a big game for Belichick. Like, can you come out of this with a win? He didn't. They're one and two. I mean, you know, I, I didn't think they yeah. would. I didn't think they were going to beat the Saints. 
think it says anything less about Belichick. I mean, you have a, you have a young quarterback. It takes a minute to get that experience. You go to the Saints game, people thought it was a layup because it was at home in New England. The Saints just got pounced on. But at the same time, like I said, seven assistant coaches was missing off their team. Yeah. That hurts COVID, you. COVID. Yes, that hurts you. The offensive coordinator. He's talking stuff, yeah. to – Sean Payton is talking to the assistant equipment manager next yeah. to the assistant <laughs> equipment manager <laughs> to help him figure out who the hell personnel substitutions are. <laughs> And, and, and they're on the road. Yesterday, and now you tell me the offensive scheme. We'll be hearing a lot from Bill Belichick throughout the week as he gets ready for the showdown in Foxborough as Tom Brady returns to New England. I don't know if you heard about it. On Sunday Night Football. Speaking of Brady, the Bucks were in Los Angeles for what everyone thought would be the game of the weekend. Instead, it was a show put on by Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay of the Rams. Here is Coach on the Rams' big win and their 3-0 record. We played a, a team that's the reigning Super Bowl champs, which that was last year, but they've played really well in their first two games. And so, you know, if you said, hey, who are the teams that were 3-0 last year or in previous years, I bet you really couldn't remember. There's so many football games to go. We've got to have steady improvement. Very pleased with the way the guys handled it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the win, but I also know that, hey, it's, we got to enjoy it, and then you got to be able to move forward. Whether we ended up winning or losing that game, you have to be able to move forward in this league. And so that's what our guys will do. I have total trust and confidence in the leadership from our team with our players and then our coaching staff that was the head coach of the los angeles rams john group no just kidding um so when you when you think about it he's writing every phase this this is just three games whether they win or lose as i said going into the game it wouldn't change anything for me i needed to see how they look and they look like the best team in the national football league Mm -hmm. they just do i mean defensively like, like i said last week you got 99 and you got five. Five, figure out where to go, who you're going to cover. Great scheme, by the way, uh, with Raheem Morse believing in Jalen Ramsey, moving him inside on certain downs and distance, having him play the left side, the right side, or just a pure shutdown corner. We saw his ability yesterday, and we've been knowing about him when he, since Florida State-Jacksonville. Then you look to what they did in terms of taking people out of the game. Gronk started to look a little older mm-hmm. to me yesterday at times where there was balls that he typically would catch, he didn't get to, all those sort of things. This team is – the Los Angeles Rams are going to be interesting. I mean, you know, when I, when I have my power ranking, who knows where they may be. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this about the Rams. I mean, they're here to compete. So Stafford obviously throws her 343 yards, right? Those are four touchdowns, no turnovers. But that O-line, that O-line protected him. He only got hit four times. And you think about – we talked about in the show many times, names like Vita Vea and Dominican Sue. Shaq Barrett, the kind of intensity that they bring. I know some people are kind of question the Bucks defense and can they sustain that type of energy. But that Keyshawn, that being you, but that O line did a hell of a job protecting Matthew Stafford. There, some, there, some people, you mean Keyshawn? Keyshawn, yes. There are two things that I that like two thoughts I have about that. One is about the game. Uh, McVay looked at Goff and said, "I need more." Pushed his chips to the middle of the table. Brings in Stafford. It's kind of like Shanahan. And these are offensive minds that, Key, I know you respect as opposed to, like, just brand names, right? Like, they actually have achieved some results. Shanahan is looking at Jimmy G going, I'd like some more, but Jimmy G can play. Let's bring in Trey Lance and develop him over time. McVay brought in a guy ready to win now. That's the first thing. Like, they're in kind of similar situations, but one, one guy went for the veteran quarterback, and it looks like they're going to compete for a Super Bowl this year. Shanahan, Shanahan kicked the tires on, on Matthew Stafford as well. Yeah. But, but in the end, the relationship with the front office in Detroit was what Conducive got them the deal. the deal. Because remember, 
the the general manager of Detroit left the Rams. He was the right. Ram. He was a Rams pro personnel college scouting guy, and then he went to be the GM of the Rams. So I mean, a GM of the Lions. So that was an easy conversation to have with Les Snead. The funny thing is that Sean McVay was right all along through three weeks about Jared Goff, and he probably through the next fourteen weeks probably will be right as well about Jared Goff now, what, versus nine, Matthew ten Stafford. straight games where where yet where where Goff hasn't won without Sean without McVay, McVay as a coach. The other thing yeah. I was thinking watching Deshaun Jackson is I wish I had a crystal ball. When you take a guy's career, so funny. See, was, when is he going to be hurt? When is he going to be healthy? Because that's the whole thing, right? But the thing is, is it with Jack? I was sitting here thinking when they, when they showed the highlights earlier. I was just thinking to myself because I know I know Jack from the crib. Is that all they got to do with him is run him vertical? Mm-hmm. Don't try anything else with him. Take the top off. Because when you try other things with him, that's when he gets hurt. Right. Let him run a screen, deep ball. That's it. That's all Jack. But he can let still Jack do that. Be, let Jack be the track meet. Right. That's all you need him to be. You have him to take the lid off the defense, that's and that's it. it. That's it. Yeah. If he's open, throw it to him, which a lot of times he's going to be open. Okay, I, want, I wanted to ask you, with, with Cooper Cup, right? Like, you know, it seems like the first four seasons he was a guy that can only win from the slot position. What, like, what have they been doing different? What, what differently have you seen from him? It's Sean McVay's ability to move him around. Um when you look at what Sean does is his splits changes where he essentially is lining up outside, but he's in the slot. It is. So when you tighten somebody's split, Mm. even though somebody's not outside of him, he's basically in the slot. So when you line him on the inside edge of numbers and you have him run a speed out, essentially that's the slot. It's just that nobody else is outside. Mm-hmm. The defenses have got to recognize his splits and things of that nature. But Cooper Cup is ridiculous, though. I, obviously, I've been watching him since his rookie season, being in L.A. and all. Dude is just – like, he's he's legit. Mm-hmm. Like, he's legit, like, one of the top receivers in the National Football League. He'll never get those accolades because he was drafted from a certain school. Uh, he gets pushed down. He's seen more of a – Second, third type receiver because and Robert Woods is on the team. Those guys yeah, are going to get. They don't touches. pay him yeah. like that. They don't pay him like. See, when the money tells you a lot about what they think about the particular player. Is he a twenty million dollar receiver? In my opinion, yes. But they're never going to give him twenty million dollars. And a year. I think also guys on winning teams who are winning type players. And I, you bring up. Cup. I'll take him all day Ro- long. Robert though. Woods mm-hmm. too. They're not as concerned about what the numbers look like as they are about winning. I mean, everyone wants numbers. Everyone wants to get paid. But those are the kind of players you want on your team. Cup, Woods, the kind of receivers well, that this fits, team has. It fits exactly what the Rams want, right? And, and he's as, they're as productive as any receivers in the National Football League. But the snack, crackle, pop, flash isn't there. Yeah. Because the snack, crackle, pop, flash is on two people or four people. You know the four people it's on? In t- the present yeah, the day NFL, for or, or for the Rams, yeah. it's on Matthew Stafford, yep. Aaron Donald, yep. Jalen Ramsey, and who's four? It's the head coach and uh, McVay. That's, that's the point. four. That's yep. where all the shine goes. The shine goes to them, so they get top billing, no matter what the case may be. Even though Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are two of the main ingredients that they couldn't cook without. Yeah, great football players. Couldn't yeah. cook without them dudes. I just, you know, watching that game too last night, we talked about how great the Rams are, but I, I'm sitting there saying that Bucks secondary just has major issues. I mean, Sean Murphy-Mutton is, excuse me, Murphy-Bunting has been getting just roasted last three games. Look at some of these numbers, Keith. So week one, Dak Prescott, 401 yards. Week two, Matt Ryan, 300 yards. 
Week three, Matthew Stafford, 343 yards. All these guys are thrown for two TDs or more. It's been So it's 350 yards and two touchdowns. Well, the Bucks, yeah. the Bucks defense relies on a lot of pressure. And when you can't bring that pressure and it's blocked up clean, you now you, you your your main situation isn't there for you. So when Ty Bowles likes to come with the heat, the pressure, play man to man back there, and you get torched by doing it, you don't get a chance to do all the exotic things. So that takes your game plan away yeah. when you run up against people like Sean McVay and the Rams. He mentioned his power rankings. Key's real rankings will be coming tomorrow. Find out where the Rams will be. He's alluded to the idea that perhaps they could be number one. Keyshawn J. Willemax is brought that. to you by – you alluded to it, in my opinion. I inferred from what you said. Straight Talk Wireless. Get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299. No contract. Straight Talk Wireless. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Let's go from one L.A. team to another. Wait, what are we doing? All right. Is is the well? First of all, where do you want to start with the Chargers Ooh. and Justin Herbert? This was my upset special last week, or or the Chiefs' defense. Where do you want to start? Yeah, I, Chiefs' defense starts slow every single year, every year, and then they play enough toward the end. They start to get a little bit better. Bend don't break situation. But Justin, this is all really about Justin Herbert. Remember what I told you. Remember what I said last week, Max? Yes, he goes into Kansas City. He plays great. Yeah. He goes into Kansas City. He plays wins. great and wins. Now we talk. It's a different conversation. Now you start to go, well, man, you know, man, we start to talk about these top four and five quarterbacks. And, you know, here's a guy as a rookie who, you know, he, he, he looked good yesterday. He had a couple throws that he would probably like to get back. But for the most part, he looked as, as advertised. There was nothing that you could complain about about a second-year player doing the things that he did on the road in a hostile environment. You always talk about year one, you want this, and then year two, you want that. Year one, yeah, he was already, already cooking. He's already, like, he jumped year two. He's already at year three. So year three, I've already made the decision, even though it's two years from him, I've already made the decision. I'm paying him long term. Oh, oh already yeah. in year oh, yeah. two, my decision's already. If if I can redo his deal right now and lock him up, I would do it. So I, I hear the discussion that the Chiefs' defense always starts slow every single year, but I, watching the whole game, I'm wondering just when Steve Spagnolia was actually going to get out of man-to-man coverage. Key, they stayed in man-to-man coverage the whole game, and they were getting destroyed by Justin. Spagnolia likes look- to bring pressure. I, I, it's little things like that where you watch guys make adjustments throughout the courses of games, and we hear Key talk about it. We hear Rex Ryan talk about it. That's what the best do. They just stuck with it. Well, because they, you, that's what you know. That's what you like. You like to bring pressure. You like to play man-to-man on the back end. If you bring in pressure and you play a zone, then you're going to have to play a blitz zone or something sort. And if I haven't been practicing that or it's not in my game plan, it's very hard to make that particular adjustment. Because people need to know where they're at, what they do. When you, when we know this is what you do, we scout this stuff. So I know every down, every distance, what's going to happen up. I know that if I get into this formation, I'm going to get my big receiver and Mike Williams on a much smaller corner in, in Mike Hughes. So now I can try and take a height advantage away from it. And you saw down the stretch, toward the uh, down the stretch in the end, 
they said to themselves, we're getting ready to go up our big against their small, and we're going to try and get him matched up mm-hmm. on him and deliver the football because we get into a tight split. Here's what's going to happen. Mike Hughes is going to come down in a tight split, and then we got all that room to throw a back shoulder fade. We got a bigger, long target against a smaller corner. But corner you know was in a great ma- position. It's the height wins out on that situation but, all the time. But if you know that's a matchup, you know, I hear that in basketball time. Well, that, that was a defense that we have prepared. If I see a matchup that's being taken advantage of, I have to give it. some kind of a twist to not let that happen. Well, then if you do something different, then I'm a counter. I think the problem with the Chiefs, this is the question. Will they get better as they normally do and yeah. get at least competent as the season goes on? Or because they had to devote so many resources to that O-line in the offseason, they had to sign guys, they had to use the third-round draft pick on Creed Humphrey, fell to them, they were happy about that. Have they not pushed enough resources towards the defense this year? And is it finally not bend but don't break, but break? Right. That's going to be the question for the Chiefs because you know the offense is going to be all right. They're going to turn the ball over all year. Um, Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN2. We're getting right back into Justin Fields. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.